on my microphone, you know, think how, how we can possibly record it. Now, the, the reason I decided to hang it from the thing, too, is because when I grab my microphone, it starts to make noise, so I didn't want there to be an issue with me making noise on my mic, you know what I mean? So now I'm laying the recorder on my chest so that, I don't know, so that there's no issues, I guess, in case it stops recording. What? No, you're supposed to be laying, we're supposed to be podcasting now. I mean, we're kind of. I mean, that's why the that's why I've got the microphone on my chest, so I got the red light. Come on, Hartle. You should be. You cuss good at really hard. Try not to breathe into your microphone too much. Like I, I adjusted it. I adjusted it so that it wouldn't be hitting you in the face anymore. Gosh. Guys, welcome to Searchable as Reptiles. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Cusco. Garrett's laying in the back of my father-in-law's truck right now with a microphone hanging from the rafters to his face so he doesn't have to get up and do... <laughs> ah, man, there's no cat in here, just to be clear. So we just finished the Pomona Reptile Super Show. And they had more sushi than one man should have. So there were three of us having sushi. And Matt was supposed to come do sound effects and read the weather for us. But he failed us again, dude. You're supposed to be our newscaster guy that like told us what the temperature was in the garage. It's feeling pretty warm in here. And it's a fe- sounding a little buggy, too. Well, and the cement is nice and flat, so that's good for my back. Also, stop breathing in the microphone. <laughs> when you're breathing, turn your head and then move it back to talk. I know that requires you to actually move and use energy that you need to put into this podcast, but... Yeah, yeah, but don't talk out to the side. Just breathe out to the side. If you're talking, talk into the microphone. I know, you're not supposed to test it while you're talking. Test it while you're breathing. Breathe away from the microphone. Guys, we're new at this. But we're getting better every second. Yeah, I'm the only person that gets to hear when Garrett messes up. And all of you who are listening to this now. Every time you hear some noise that you think you weren't supposed to hear, that's Garrett making it. Even if it sounds like me saying something offensive. Nigori, it's an unfiltered sake. One of those one of those bendy straws that you could bend over into your mouth. Speaking of putting things in your mouth. 
there was this creamy stuff that I had just a minute ago, and uh, Hillary caught me because I made I made noise while I was doing it, but it uh, snuck over to the fridge, and uh, I actually wasn't trying to be sneaky, but they made me feel like I was being sneaky just because they could hear the whipped cream can going off. It doesn't mean I was sneaking just because you can hear it, and you didn't. I I knew you would hear it. I knew that you guys would hear it. I wasn't trying to sneak it. I was just feeling like a little blast of cream in my mouth. Oh, I think as far as attendance goes, it's probably the largest show in the world at this point. The January show, at least. I mean, I know this was the August show, which is the smaller of the two, but the January show is now being moved to the Anaheim Convention Center because of its attendance that it's reached. We can no longer fit in the large building at L.A. County Fairgrounds, and then we have to move to Anaheim Convention Center because it has more space to fit more people. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was all right having you here. I mean, I I have six snakes left out of the 21 that I brought, which was, 
considering that I mean mo virtually all virtually no and, and you know they're ball pythons so it's not like there's a lack of ball pythons at any given reptile show so it's not like I had some hot commodity I mean not that not, I don't want to talk them down too much but I mean it's not that it was some crazy rare stuff that you couldn't get anywhere else is my point I don't think I mean Yeah, I mean the, the the number of people that come through the door is pretty Im impressive on on both days. That happened a couple times. That, there, that actually happened, and somebody did that, and they came back while the animal they wanted was being bagged up and paid for. It was kind of it was kind of crazy to see that. Yeah, it was crazy. She came over. Yeah, she was like, she's like, oh, that was the one I wanted, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm sorry that <laughs> they wanted it more. I guess. <laughs> Dude, if you're not going to be honest at all, then you can just stop talking.
the one and it's gone. And you know, usually I'm, I still order those different something, but right there, you know, it's not, I, I mean, I didn't think it's not quite the same as having your first, you know, kind of that first thing delivered that you wanted, knowing that you have to get someone else to also recognize the, the uh, qualities of that animal and, and just go out to memory and get some impression on it. But with habit things, you should have, you know. Yeah, I, I hear that. And that, I kind of apply that to myself sometimes when I'm walking around. Like, I know if I don't buy this right now, then there's a chance that I'm not going to get a chance to. Well, and that's the other side of it. That, that's actually a strategy for me to not buy things. <laughs> and I'm sure that's why a lot of people do it. Because they're like, yeah, I'll just walk around once more, and if it's still there, I'll consider it fate that I need to buy it. <laughs> I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't walk around a ton at the show honestly I, I didn't even make it down every aisle of the show at any point because I, I was pretty busy at the booth I did run lots of interviews um, and also I just you know, anytime I'd left the booth I was I had a mission it was like the bathroom or to go find somebody that I needed for the interview or I, I really didn't get a chance to walk around at all and see everything that everybody had the one thing that I did see that didn't sell, I don't think. I don't. I maybe somebody gripped it, grabbed it up before. Yes, the Bolin's python, the Damalitri had on. Yes, that was an amazing snake. Yeah, that that was a sweet snake. He he brought it over for one for the interview, and I got to. I'd never touched one before, and I got to handle it and check it out. It really reminded me of, like a re, but temperament-wise, like a really chill retic meets like a, a chill carpet python. Yeah, yeah, they, they exactly, super cool. That is true. I mean, when, it, when you go to Finley, I would say it's like, I mean, these numbers are just pulled out of my butt to try to crunch them or whatever, but I would say it feels like 75% Baltimore. Every time you pee, it's popping the microphone. I don't know if there's anything you can do about it. I just wanted to let you know what's happening. <laughs> I 
I guess like more obscure stuff like the Sopranos so there's The Rock there um I saw a couple different of their fall showcases they did so great showcases this year and then uh yeah I mean it was everything there were Monitor Wizards um gosh I don't know what the record was I guess I didn't see any uh I didn't get to see any Ghost Monitor there Mm. Oh yeah, she she brought it over and did an interview with it. Yeah, yeah, she she brought it out. We did a triple B T V uh episode. Yeah, right Riley was uh standing there and getting some good macro shots of the of the lizard while we were doing the interview, so it should be some pretty sweet shots. Yeah, the way they look at you, it's like Velociraptor. And yeah, yeah, very bird like. And it just like, I wanted to pet it a little bit. You know, I was, I was hesitant because of the stories I've heard and, you know, just how knowing what they're capable of with their bite. And, you know, she was handling it in a way that it was, you know, pointed away from her. And I, but I still went up and kind of pet it under the chin. And and she just chilled there, and she just let me pet her under the chin for kind of as long as I wanted to, and was very chill with it, and it was really, really cool. And I, I'm, Would you say that's the because of the intelligence level and they they quickly assess that I'm I'm not a threat uh, with my motions and the obviously I approach slowly and and gentle stroking under the chin you know and. Right. But they're they're not really aggressive animals. They're more almost like a spooky animal. You know, like if you if, if someone made a loud noise or dropped something, something was it and everything else would be Things could go south really quick. But couldn't do near as much damage. No, because I mean, unless we're talking about venomous snakes, their teeth is a snake's teeth. It's a pin. Meant to kill things. No, it's just meant to hold on. Right. That's it. So when they bite 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, vegans are made out of meat. <laughs> Think about that. This guy says he's a vegan, and every time I see him, he's like eating fish and eating this and sucking the milk off my teat. And, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's. I'm just curious if you guys can hear those crickets. I wasn't going to address it, but there are crickets, and I, I've got to imagine that the, it's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a nice it's nice though. I mean, I'm I'm glad I addressed it because if you guys can't hear, and now I'm starting to feel. At first, I was like, oh man, there's gonna be crickets on the podcast. It's like such a classic cliche. We're making horrible jokes, and there's just nobody responding. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Well, maybe, maybe. No, you didn't tell me how. We, we decided on a platform. We decided on a platform to release it. You didn't tell me how to do it. I like that we're both in the same room doing it at the same time. And I, I'm not sure how I'm going to break away from the idea of having to be talking via electronic devices to get the vibe going. Because as you know, which will be TV, I've never once interviewed somebody who wasn't standing next to me. And, and I've, so I've got this nice feel for it now. We're doing, we've, this is our second podcast. We're in the same room. And the chances are our third podcast, we're going to be doing it at your house before we go to Tinley. So the third one, and then the fourth one we'll probably do sometime after Tinley. So I'm, I'm thinking that we both travel to the other side of the country enough. You out here maybe more than me at this point, but I'm thinking that it's somewhat realistic that we're going to do them in the same room where we can both, you know, if you say something stupid, I'll be able to throw something at you. And, and then I won't have to worry about you being safe on the other side of the country from my potential violence. And so well that you told me no don't air that if the vibe was nobody's gonna know because i don't because i don't get to air it that's true if i can't touch you i'm not gonna make a decision I mean, I'm not going to deny that. 
Um, everybody that's ever had a relationship with me will attest to the same fact that you saw. I mean, uh, I've I've come to terms with who I am at this point. I'm I'm kind. I'm kind. I'm I'm gentle sometimes, and I am difficult to work with because I'm very. I like. I'm. I guess I'm controlling. Is what they say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I mean, not difficult. Not difficult to be around for extended periods of time. Maybe. Okay. Well, let's go spend. A, we're gonna, we're gonna go on a trip at some point, aren't we? To is that a secret trip? No, it's not. We're gonna go some point to another country and go look for really cool species in the wild. And at that point, <laughs> so. Yeah, so we're going to go to Africa looking for ball pythons. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I've got something I want to say. No. Nope, I want it to be pulled from me. Like like some special secret... Ju- <laughs> that's not that's not how it works that's not how it works at all no no i've got nothing to say i've got nothing to say this is that i'm just a laugh track i'm i'm not i have nothing of substance no i, I really i was just trying to think of something to say because i was feeling like i was at a loss so i just Start throwing out random words that make sentences. <laughs> I, I guess I'm getting a little too relaxed. It's hard to not be relaxed when you're laying flat on your back, okay? This been a long weekend. No, 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 no. We talked about business last podcast. We're not going to start talking about business again because I will fall asleep down here. And you will be talking to yourself. You were just about to. You literally said the word business. You literally said the word business. Looking forward to wrapping the weekend up. That's such a... I, that's just not the type of way that I like to approach that. I mean, you can do it however you want, but looking forward to wrapping up the weekend. I used to have a motto that was, every day is Saturday. That means that it's an endless weekend. You know, you don't look forward to wrapping it up. You hope that every day can be like Saturday. Oh yeah. Well, I work for number two. I'm not saying they represent it for me either. I've I've been working weekends for as long as I can remember, but I just enjoy my weekend my work so much now and I have for a long time, especially when I was playing music for a long time, that we made it it was actually a, a guitar player and another band we were playing with. He said, You know what? I've decided that that every day is Saturday as a touring musician. Um <laughs> I was pretty tired. I mean, I did, you know, I 
this is this was my first Pomona Super Show where I didn't technically stay at the Sheraton, which is, by the way, guys, the hotel that you want to stay at if you're staying at a hotel and going to the Super Show because, well, yeah, and you, you could walk to it. Any other hotel, you're going to be driving. And if you're at the Sheraton, that's where everybody comes back to socialize and party and sometimes get up, go to the lounge on the second seventh floor, which may not happen anymore because... Uh, Garrett, no, you went. Th- th- we got security r- r- kicked us out of the line. They did, but we've never been kicked out of the lounge before. So I, I initiated going to the lounge. The, at least I'm the first person I know of initiating going to the lounge at night to hang out after the bar closes, because the first time we did that, nobody was up there except for the people I brought up. And then the next time we brought a few more people, but it was still me bringing them up. And then we it started to become a little bit more common knowledge that there was this lounge up there to go and hang out in. Um, I'm not saying other people didn't do it the years before I went there, but nobody seemed to know about it until I was like, hey, look at this spot. Let's go hang it up here since the bar is closing. And uh, my point, that's my, that, that right there is kind of my question because everybody's just kind of standing around, hanging out and talking. Whereas at the last show, there was actually g- grappling session going on between myself and, and Andy. Yeah, and there and no security ever showed face. The first couple times up there, security popped in. They were up there having a few a few beers and whatnot, and they actually came and like emptied emptied out the uh, little trash can that couldn't hold any more beers and walked out and said, "Have a good night." And it's just getting more. The, the security is getting more intense. I don't, don't want to bring negative stuff to the show, but I, it just seems like security is getting a little more intense so just make sure you're responsible yeah they're, they're, like, they're like adding gates and more barriers between getting from place to place like my parents couldn't get back to their car after setup because there's these new gates they put up that you can't walk through anymore to the parking lot and it just reminded me of my old high school when I go back to it. You know, when we were there, there was a bridge that went across the creek and everybody would leave for lunch to go have, you know, food wherever outside of campus. And I go by the school now and there's like black, tall, pointy fence. It looks like a prison now. And that's kind of, I don't know, I'm going down a totally different rabbit hole now. But that's. Yeah, there was no security. I had a t-shirt, let me keep beer in your fridge. That's what I'm, yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> okay, just to, just to clear this t-shirt, I, I, don't, I don't know that she knew that she was letting me keep beer in her fridge, but just <laughs> there was never seemed to be a problem that arrives, arose from it. I don't know. I mean, it,
I never, we didn't have rattlesnakes anywhere around my school, but, uh, but I did used to bring uh, snakes to school, like um, in second grade and third. There was many grades actually where I'd bring my snake to school, and the class would watch it eat a live mouse. This happened, uh, I think, almost every year of elementary school. At some point, either once or twice a year. Well, yeah, we didn't have internet back then, so it stayed in the classroom. <laughs> it stayed right in there, in the, except other than like you know, maybe a kid or two that went home and told their parents. Uh, <laughs> the, the elementary science room was like Vegas. Yes, <laughs> beer in the fridge and live feedings on the countertop. I didn't know anybody else. When I when was what? It was like twenty two, twenty three. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I graduated um, in California. Went to school my whole life in California. And graduated in California. Um, we moved around a bit when I was younger till I was about seven years old until we stayed put in the spot that I grew up the rest of my childhood. Um, but yeah, no, there were people, lots of people in Hawaii that would say, Oh no, but Hey, I, I, I went to school with you cause I remember you, but <laughs> I'd be like, no. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah, I uh, basically lost, um, I had a rosy rat snake from the age of seven until uh, shortly before um, moving to Hawaii, actually. They're not too, I can't remember exactly when that snake finally went, but um, it wasn't too long before moving to Hawaii. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It's like it's been a joke between me and my dad since I was a kid because I I wanted a corn snake, you know. I talked about how much I wanted a corn snake, you know. I wanted a corn snake. I thought they were cool with their pattern and their black and white checkered bellies. And he surprised me one day and came home with a snake, which was awesome of him. Dad, thank you very much. I I don't want to sound unappreciative here, but it it wasn't a corn snake. It was a rosy rat snake, you know. And it, <laughs> Well, no, that's the other. No, that's that's the thing. I think it is some kind of like Florida corn snake or something. Um, well, all the, all the what what mattered what mattered to me as a seven year old was that it was called Rosie Rat Snake. It wasn't called a corn snake on the thing that my dad brought it home in from the East Bay Vivarium, which is still there in Berkeley in the same location. Which is awesome. I think. Well, maybe did they move again? I'm pretty sure it's the same building, even. Um, unless. It, oh, dude! Next time you come out, next time you come out, we should go. There used to be this guy that worked there when I was a kid. His name was Spike, and he had spiked hair, like multicolored mohawk that was spiked up like these. 13, 14 inch spikes off his head. 
East Bavaria in Berkeley, California. <laughs> My father and father-in-law's truck, no less. Not just any truck. <laughs> it is a nice truck. He keeps it clean. No, no, Steve. Uh, oh, we're gonna go down some crazy rabbit holes, aren't we? So I did the traditional thing um, when I, I I came here, you know, from without Hillary's knowledge. She was actually still in Hawaii. I think I was out here doing some shows, and I came here to her parents' house to um, ask her, ask them if I could if I could marry her. Um, and I had met them many times at this point. You know, they they they'd been out to see us while we're dating because we dated for a good. Uh, six and a half years or something before uh, we got married. So they knew me, you know, it wasn't like I was some strange guy coming to their house, but it was still <laughs> like, I'll never forget Steve's response. Steve is my father-in-law whose truck you're sitting in. Um, well, I sat there and it, it took me a lot of nerve to, to work it up, to, to sit down with these guys in the living room and ask them. And, and, uh, it, it was a bit. And, uh, and I asked, and there was a moment of there was a moment of silence that, for me, seemed to last quite some time. <laughs> after I finally popped the question, <laughs> and 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 I think Melissa, um, Hillary's mother, was kind of waiting for Steve to say something, and then she finally was like, "Well, yes, of course." <laughs> and then Steve just continued to look at me, and he says, "Finally, you better be sure about this." <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he he loves his she, hillary's his only daughter and i mean as a father myself now i have a daughter i can only imagine uh how i'm going to feel about some long-haired hawaiian boy coming in trying to take his daughter's heart for life and, dude if it's one of your sons then i'm good i'm good no, if it's one of your kids, dude, I, I, I hope that it's a, a kid that's like a Hartle, man. That would be, uh, I would, well, I'm sure you'll whip him into shape. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh, sorry. Well, you chose to come over here willingly. Yeah, it's all right. I, I mean, yeah, we. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm known for doing that at parties, especially family parties. Like when I get super comfortable, and I'll just like I'll lay there, and I'll get tired at some point. You eat too much food or something. I'll lay in the middle of the party on the floor, and everybody will continue the party, but I will fall asleep right in the middle of it. Like where people have to step around me. Right, right. Is that Yes, that that happened. I sweep that rug. Dude, vacuuming, just to be clear, there's no amount of vacuuming that gets rid of snake pee. It's a removable rug. I can pick it up and move it out any time. I picked it up and brought it to the show. That rug was on the floor of my booth. (laughs) Yeah, it's to go with the room. Because I saw, you know, with your great idea for me to put the backdrop that looks like my room, I figured I might as well take it to the next step and bring the rug no, but the point is, like the rug, the picture of the rug extends out to the to reality on the floor of the booth. Yeah, I thought it was cool. And that's why I did it. Good idea. It's just like my other great idea to hang that microphone from the rafters so you could lay flat on your back and talk into the microphone. I'm wondering if we should. I also laid in the back of a truck this weekend. Um, I was invited well here's what happened I I was invited to stay in Dave Kaufman's room it, he got a hotel that was you know away from the event he wasn't at the Sheraton so you couldn't just walk there I don't yeah he does that yeah I, Dave it's nothing personal dude I swear I promise I we, yeah I love hanging out with Dave Dave is so funny and and uh the, here's what here's what happened. So I I was planning to go. That was my intention. Was to, it was great. I got a place to crash. There's even an extra bed. And then you know it, it got a little bit later, and we're hanging out, we're partying, and people start showing up. And it's only Friday, and I'm I'm going for it. And then next thing I know, I've got this superiority complex building up my brain where I, I'm like, okay, here we go. It's party time. I'm gonna see who can hang. I just want to see which of these dudes, which of these, not just dudes. There's girls too. The girls are hanging well, but. Yeah, no, everybody, everybody eventually trickled off by the end of the night. I'm by myself. But before that happened, Miguel's like, yeah, no, no, about about three in the morning, Miguel's like, you can just come crash in my room upstairs. And I was like, oh, sweet, let me, let me, let me bring my snakes up there and put up, got the snakes up in his room and was like, okay, now I'm going to go down. I've got a futon in my truck. I'm going to go get that because he already had another guest on his, uh, on his couch so i went down to get my futon on my truck and on the way down there i stopped off to get a second ice cream bar at the uh hotel lobby and went back to the truck was gonna grab the futon i was like why why am i gonna carry the futon back up to the room i'm just gonna lay on it here and then i also decided that before i'm gonna do that i should probably go to jack in the box real quick because 
it was getting close to breakfast time at this point. This at this point it's four thirty in the morning, and so I do that. I get the Jack in the Box. I, I eat it in the back of my truck, and I lay on the futon right there in the back of my truck in the Sheraton parking lot. So technically, I still stayed at the Sheraton for the for the Super Show again. <laughs> and then a couple hours later, the sun comes up, and I just do a little stretch, do a little roll, and and climb out of the back of my truck there in the parking lot and go up to Miguel's room, get my snakes, bring them down, and go to the show. And there's a lady that knows me now by my hair. Because I walked by her, and she she was like, oh, oh, honey, your hair is so beautiful. To which I said, I just woke up like this. <laughs> and she thought it was the most hilarious thing. She didn't, she didn't forget about it. I shot her again the next... <laughs> it's a hair po- <laughs> it, was, it made an impact apparently because I saw her the next evening not not the next day even like the next evening it, it's dark again and a dark period and I got my hair up this time so you can't see it I'm walking by her she's like she kind of does a double take she goes hey hey take it down take it down and I was like oh I just kind of laughed I was like oh and she's talking on the phone to somebody at the same time she proceeds to tell the person on the she's on the phone with the story about how I walked by in the morning and her comment and what I said and like word for word so I don't know why I brought that oh because you're laying in the back of a truck Oh, dude, I thought about Forrest like towards the beginning of the podcast because he's so pissed that he's not on the podcast. Sounds like a great conversation. And uh and uh Yeezys. Yeezys. <laughs> That's why we're friends. <laughs> Just the fact that you don't know what Yeezys are. That's why that's why I can hang out with you on a regular basis. Well, I wouldn't know what the what if I saw one. I I know what they are, but I I wouldn't be able to point them out and be like, Oh, those are Yeezys. <laughs>
If, if, if you guys are listening, comment down below. What are Yeezys? Well, yeah, it's just funny because you don't have any of those qu qualifications that you just listed off. Like Bolin's pythons. Yeah, you know, he did he did talk me out of one of my uh, my ball pythons I wasn't selling one time. Why would I kid? I know, it's cuz I'm making it up. Yeah, on the back in the, in the cement. Yeah, it's pretty comfy. <laughs> you think Forrest was trying to wheedle me out of one of my ball pythons? Yeah, but that was that was before I came into the scene. <laughs> the Yeezys are coming off and the DCs are going on. <laughs>
feel like, you know, he's sending them to me because simply because I, I have experience bringing that mentality and the knowledge that I've got by being around them. So they represent very important genetic bloodlines to, uh, you know, the United States Catholic population. So Speaking of bloodlines and localities of Superdorf retics and Kalatoa and Kawadi and Karampa and Kaiwadi. I'm sorry. Come on. Give me a break. I'm, I don't have the book in front of me. Um, those three islands that are really close to each other. Like, yes, that's... I leave Kaiwadi out of this. Yes. Maru. Daniel Solis is going there to take pictures and potentially prove out the theory that they're not different localities and that they're all just different pattern variations and they exist on all of those islands. I thought it was cute too. Especially, well, it wasn't as cute as the snake he brought up for the interview. It was like really small, um, super cute, super door free tick. Super cute. Did you just say dwarfs? <laughs> All this time. All this time. Yeah, I, well, I think I—I I don't think his point was that to not be interested in pure. Local, he's still keeping stuff uh, pure as far as what he has labeled at the moment, I believe. Um, I think he's just interested to see if there are those different, you know, what people consider like the pattern of a Kalatoa. If there are animals on the actual island that all just have that same pattern, or if there's 
variants of all the different patterns between Kalatoa, Karopa, and Madu on all three different islands in, in the wild. I mean, yeah, like the furthest distance of ocean between the two is like a couple miles, right? Or between, yeah. But yeah. I don't try to do that. No, it's so difficult to even like to... <laughs> yeah like when i uh when i string uh 10 rats together with the uh, thread and feed them to a uh, hatchling ball python as it comes out of the egg it's kind of like that right shortcut <laughs> uh, I've strung I've strung prey islands together. No, no, no. I, I when I'm trying to get a, a retake to switch over to rabbits a couple of times, I've 
um, sewn a, a rat to the face of a rabbit. Um, and it works. Yeah, well, that's what I've that's what I've switched to. Now I don't really care. Yeah, that's what I that's what I love about um. Jesus, how many times are we gonna talk about you working with Superdwarfs? We just we just turned this into a Superdwarf podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sociable as Reptiles, where Garrett sells you his retics. <laughs> uh, That's funny. So stop. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Talking about Forrest buying Super Dwarf retics and getting into Super Dwarves and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I I can't even really contemplate the idea of moving up a ladder, and I think I think that uh, it's about time to to wind this up. Like literally, like we'll we'll wind the uh, the mic cable around the rafter a few t- more times so you can get up without it hitting you in the face. <laughs> oh, dude! As if you didn't make enough unnecessary noises into the microphone tonight, you had to try and sit up without me. Oh my gosh. Garrett. <laughs> I don't think that we're going to have to think too hard. We're just going to do whatever happens and that's what's going to happen and i hope you guys are having a wonderful day you've been listening to the searchable as reptiles podcast second episode uh let us know in all the ways that you know how to get a hold of us if you're enjoying these podcasts if you're passing them on to people or if you're saying you know what these guys should have stuck to video and because uh, listening to them is making us fall asleep so Send us a message. Let us know if you're enjoying it. And uh, give us a call. Uh, send us your panties. And we will see you. I said recommend our podcast to your aunties because it's wholesome. Brian Cusco, <laughs> send me your panties. <laughs> Cut. Mm-hmm.